0: Andy Serianos.
1: Hello, I'm Emily Gilmarot.
2: Hi, I'm Adam Gifford.
0: This is the School of School Podcast. Welcome to the School of School Podcast. Alright, hi everyone. Today we're talking about lined or unlined. Go on, Adam. This was your idea.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well it only came up, it only came up because um I started using pen and paper and pencil and paper for for quite a bit of note taking and getting some ideas down recently. And I bought both lined and unlined. And I was thinking what I gravitate to depending on what I'm doing. And I just wondered whether or not we're going to have a preference for certain things. We, we, We would make a choice. If you were presented with two books, if you went to a conference and there were two books in front of you and you could choose one to take your notes, something like that. We would all, I'm assuming, have a preference depending on what it is. And I just wonder what the impact of that is for children. So in schools, we see a lot of lines, but this isn't true globally for all children. And so there's these wee things. We've talked about previously uh, pens and pencils. And these things that, 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 you know, how much thought's given to it. But what's the difference when we're getting our ideas down on lines or unlined paper. That's where it came from.
1: We're talking about that from a left to right directionality perspective in our culture as well, like as mm. to,
0: um,
1: <laughs> with the lined and unlined.
0: This is a really uh, a fascinating topic and, and, and it's come up a lot, it's actually a question when I used to do a lot of the training in the early days, this came up a lot because when we first did the Maths No Problem sort of little booklets that we gave out at the training, You know, uh, I think now they don't have any lines in them at all, but the first version had grid paper in it, right? And, and, And this became a topic of discussion often. It was like, just because we were giving these away in the training, teachers started asking, should our math journals be on grid paper? And it was like, actually, I don't know. I never really thought about it. But then when you start investigating it and thinking about it, what you very quickly realize is when you give people grid paper, it actually molds their thinking in a particular way. And sometimes it can help them, but a lot of the times it actually ends up interfering, right? So in some instances it can be a catalyst for a particular way of thinking, but in a lot of instances it actually becomes the, the thing that stops them, right? They get obsessed with the squares. So like with bar modeling would be a great example. They start drawing the models according to the grid but then something happens like you got to divide it by 3 and it doesn't work with the way they drew it out and now they're stuck right and it's not it's not an, a catalyst it's actually an obstacle it stops them from being able to think
2: the argument i hear a lot is about place value it's about it's built around a sort of longer written algorithm a longer written subtraction or addition or multiplication or division, uh, and and but I just wonder, okay, well, what about the rest of mathematics? And what would be lost if they were to do the same thing on a piece of online paper? Because hmm. it'd be easy to represent some of the other the representations. That's merely just one representation of an addition. There's a whole host of others. Um, but yeah I I, I just think that I don't know we should do an experiment next time this is the experiment you all got to look out for is uh, next time you're at a conference or something like that give people on one table squared paper oh you can't really do that is this this ethical? I'll keep going
0: anyway give give people on one table (laughs) squared paper we're scientists we can do what we want and then
2: the other table unline paper and then compare notes at the end of it I would like to think, and maybe this is just a romantic ideal, I would like to think that the the unlined paper would show greater breadth of thought. That's just a personal preference, of course. I have no reason for that.
1: I'm feeling really uncomfortable here because I'm thinking about, yeah, just, um, it's a very personal, specific, which is never a good thing for something as important as this. But I think the place value thing early on, Maybe maybe there is a place for it until a certain point and then you have to, like, break free. A bit like, so when you see the younger children and they're kind of, they go to do their column addition or subtraction and the things aren't in the right place. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe it's a bit like, Stabilis- stabilizers on a bike although I do know people who ride bikes that are very anti-stabilizers so you know just say <laughs> but maybe it's that thing if there's a point where it can be helpful but not for everything and maybe not beyond a certain point
0: yeah is it scaffolding which is good right but you need to be able to take the scaffolding down right and the building needs to still be able to stand if you take it away and it doesn't work anymore it's not scaffolding right it's maybe it's not
1: scaffolding for bar modeling either. After Adam said that, just blew my mind. So that's the end of that for me. There's there's obviously a place for there's a place <laughs> for different types of paper.
0: Yeah. No, there yeah. is. No, I think I think there totally is. So it's just like when you're teaching a new concept, you have to choose a particular manipulative, right? So when you're, you know, when you want to move kids into, uh, you know, an important stage uh in in counting is is being able to move to place value right so when you get to that stage you're not going to use one to one you're not going to use linking cubes anymore right linking cubes are now working against you right you want to move to something that like a 10 frame where the format is 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 that's 1 10 11 12 13 or 20 that's two 10s right? And you want to get them to start thinking this, this idea of counting in different nouns, right? There's ones and there's tens. And that's, that's a big jump. That's a really big jump for kids, right? Mm. So at that stage, you want, to, you want to very much manipulate them into thinking in a particular way. So you're going to give them a construct that supports the way you want them to think, right? So we, that's really important with manipulatives and mathematics. But is there an argument for a paper as well? Right? So like handwriting. If you're teaching kids how to do handwriting, I would as, I would assume for small children, lines are probably pretty handy at that stage, right?
1: Well, that's interesting because that is controversial. So there's a point where maybe okay. it's there you go. so, what do so I know? there you go. No, but it's no, but you're right, because for some people <laughs> they will say, Absolutely, Andy, you are correct. That's how it needs to be, even on the whiteboards. And then there are other people that say, Don't do it too early actually just be free to start with particularly because of the size of the letter like they haven't yet got those fine motor skills it's better to let them learn the shape and mm. then leave it so that there's no lines but then when you want them to so it's almost like an emerging then into the lines and then and then I guess as they get older they do do lines but straight off there's always a debate about whether you should start with lines or not which I always find yeah, interesting and then-
0: so then you, get, then you get into the research, right? So what does the research say? So if you look at Zoltan Deans, for example, in mathematics, you know, Zoltan Deans will tell, he's very explicit. He says, like, when you start, no rules. It's just open play, right? It's like, it's not to say that you, like, do what you want. Obviously, as the teacher, you have to orchestrate a scenario where you hope you can funnel them into somewhere, right? But you're going to leave it really open in the beginning and let them play with the idea, so that they get a sense of where the boundaries are themselves, right? And then you increasingly structure them in to a point where then they they have the skill and then they have to practice it, right? So, but you start off with this, like, real open end, as open-ended as you can be, and then you you get into this really finite point. And that's his point of view on it, right? And, you know, something that at math Problem, we very, very... Uh, very much believe in and, and try to apply in everything that we do. one of the many learning theories that we we spend a lot of time trying to adhere to, right. So that that goes well with what you're saying. Start off in this kind of find out the form, you know a little bit of the curvatures and the you know the, the boundaries if you want of what, what it is that you're trying to do and then eventually try to structure them down to a point. So that would that would support that that point of view, right? I think no easy answer on that one.
1: So Adam, to finish, if I was to give you the choice of a notebook with lined paper or yeah. a notebook with plain paper, given that you started this off, yep, what would you choose?
2: Oh, I would have to be unlined It would have to be at least I'm writing a list. but mm. then we'll save that for another day
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, just an interesting question, complete left field here. would you be are you more likely to be a classical musician or a jazz musician?
2: Oh yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's really hard. Emily, can you answer?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna say this. That, that, I'm gonna say I'm going jazz, but I've got lined, but I'm actually deciding to write any how I want. So I might kind of go over the lines, outside the lines, through the lines. So I've got the lines, but a bit like a jazz player, I will use and abuse according to my requirements.
2: What Emily said, that's me too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let's, so a quote from Thelonious Monk, I'll probably get this wrong. So Thelonious Monk, of course, jazz, jazz musician said, he wrote down somewhere to, to his band in the notes, for you know a a piece that they were learning he wrote down don't play all the notes some of them need to be imagined oh i like it oh i
1: love it yeah
0: yeah great all right thanks for joining everyone thank you for joining us on the school with school podcast